Welcome to the Tech Aunties Podcast, where we're bringing you industry context and vision from myself, Angelia McFarland, and Gina Rosenthal. On each podcast, we will share our marketing and technology industry experiences along with the tea. Listen to us as we explain the past so you can have context to understand and create your own version of the future. So let's get into it. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Tech Aunties podcast. Today, we are talking about AI use cases and benefits with our esteemed guest, Dr. Jean Leah Girage. I have known Jean Leah for about two years, and I met her as a result of one of her many awards for women in AI, uh, Black women in AI, and just general AI research and excellence. Um, and she has had several leadership positions in education as well as technology organizations helping to shape and drive AI and data science processes and policy. So welcome to the podcast, Jean Leah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys, your time, and just reaching out, um, you know, to me to discuss this very uh, exciting and, and important topic within this AI space. I think things have really uh, picked up um, with the introduction of ChatGPT. Yeah. Um, I think um, now AI is going mainstream um, you know, even though it's been, you know, within the, I mean, I think I've been in this industry way from grad school, I started using machine learning algorithms. So, so a little bit over 10 years, you know, so I'm excited to, you know, to, to see it coming into mainstream and to start hearing everybody talking about it. You know, even my mom was like, what is this AI stuff? <laughs> You, you know, know, when your mom and, picks it up, it's it's mainstream. Yes, and five years ago, I'm like, Mom, remember we were talking about it five years ago? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, yeah. It's funny, my daughter and I go through that too because she's very artistic. So she'll start making something. She'll say, see what this is? And I'm like, no. <laughs> see what this is? No. And she brings it back and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so I'm sure your mom has the same thing with you like, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> like this is amazing and I'm like yes mom I'm in this field you <laughs> a little bit <laughs> so yeah. what what is it that you actually AI is you know it, the field itself is pretty big and there's all sorts of different roles people can play to be in AI so what is it exactly that you've been doing for the past five years ten years um, you know for the past uh, let's say the past ten years I've been really um, in the industry, um, <clears throat> you know, so, uh, you know, working at Dell at, at Lowe's, um, really bringing, trying to bring AI within the, the industry technology and then retail now um, space, right? And this, um, you know, involves, usually I say that they're like tiers in, 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 in this AI space. There is a top tier ones, right? The, the people that have built their companies with data, right? The the Amazons, the the Facebooks, and what have you not, 
you know, and then there's a, the tier twos and the tier threes that come in. They came in late. They already had technologies and systems in place. And so now they almost have to dismantle those and leapfrog into this new era, right? Mm. And so, um, you know, within the last 10 years, uh, you know, I think luckily, you know, I've been in the tier tier twos and threes in trying to help them leapfrog into this AI space, building their data systems and um, building technologies to really impact, um, you know, the business aspect of it, right? Um, I, I think the last maybe 10, I want to say seven, eight, even 10 years, it's been a little bit amorphous within these industries, right? Because it's like, okay, here's AI, but then we also hear like 80% of the AI algorithms, you know, are failing and things like that. And so it's uh, it's almost like, you know, coming now to, to, to the place where we need to really start looking at the business impact and not only the business impact, but society impact, yeah. economic impact, and also even climate, right? Because yeah. data... Uh, storage, um, you know, we, we need to start talking about carbon prints and things like that from, from the data storage and computational um, uh, hardware. Yeah. yeah. So what kind of, those are like, are you actually, a, you're a data scientist or do you, uh, so you work with NLP mostly? Like, because what kind of, what actually are you, like, get down to like, the technical nuts and bolts. <laughs> yeah. So, so I actually like to to look at myself as a problem solver <laughs> because I'm an engineer by by trade, right? I'm a hardcore engineer by uh, you know chemical engineer, material science. Okay. But I think the core existence of it is your problem solver, right? So, uh, in the last maybe two three years, I've worked a lot with natural language processing, right? understanding the the I, I I like to call it the chatter right we have a lot of chatter uh, let's say on Facebook because people are familiar with that or uh, your customer reviews on Amazon and things like that uh, and being able to extract that chatter and chatter and find a pattern that can help about your brand about pricing you know what are people tell saying about your brand what are people saying about you know pricing um you know and, and what are people saying generally about probably a product that can harm or you know benefit um you know without the company even knowing you know it could be something like um you know a lot of people are talking about a broken refrigerator from a certain brand and um, you as a company don't know, but your customers can tell you, you can get that intelligence mm-hmm. from customer by looking at uh, that data. So, and part of that is within the, the natural language processing um, type of algorithms. Um, and these algorithms, you know, include like uh, what they call the, the BART models and the large language models that uh, really are the, the foundational mo- models of even chat GPT. Um, and, and they keep evolving, right? Um, you know, those models keep evolving in a way that, um, you know, we are able to, to, to look at large chunks of data to, to really understand, um, you know, what the data is telling us. So when you worked at Lowe's or even at Dell, what were kind of some of the projects that you were set about to do? Or if you could talk about any of that. Um, you know, so so I think some of the projects for me, uh, you know, I've been excited about, um, you know, it, it's 
building the data, right? Taking the data comes from the systems that you know we work in, right? The data comes from the tools, the data comes from the website. Um, you know, and I think one of the 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 biggest um you know problem that probably I worked on was you know building that foundation of the data uh, ideal. Um working trying to 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 get the, that data and create some sort of single source of truth because without data there's no algorithms, right? Without algorithms, um there's no insights. Um and then without quality data, um, you know, they you know there is an element of um, you know things can go bad, right? <laughs> if we don't have good quality data, it's clean, it's um, complete, um, you know, in a way that it can tell us something. So, so, so I think for me, I'm usually from the school of thought. Um, you know, data is is much much more uh, important. And if you get the data right, right, then you get the, the algorithms right. You know, so looking at, um, you know, I think one of the, the the problems that we were trying to 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 get to is trying to figure out, um, you know, why there's a lot of um, repeat problems. Uh, I say within, um, you know, Dell, you know, trying to understand can we be able to predict the probability that you know a customer will call a second time, right? And that includes looking at the supply chain data, looking at the customer data, and getting that data in some sort of single source of truth in a way that uh, now we as data scientists can come in and uh, start um, you know, looking at the algorithms. And usually, um, I don't know if, if you guys have had a chance to look at um, a couple of papers that um, you know, the algorithm is the smallest part of the of this journey of AI, right? Uh, you know, but the biggest part is you know the data and of course the infrastructure and the compute power. You know, at Laws, um, you know, yeah. So so at Laws, it uh, was a lot of natural language processing and really understanding the the voice of the customer, right? Um, you know, taking that chatter from all sorts of um, different um, you know social media or you know customer reviews and things like that. And, and putting all that together in a way that you can tell a story about a customer, you know, looking at the customer journey from the point that they, they buy or the point they're deciding to buy, right? And they go to buy, right? And they interact with us. Um, how does that um, intelligence help us serve the customer better? Jean Leah, you you talk about algorithms differently. I think a lot of people talk about algorithms from the perspective of chat GPT because that's what's in the news today. You talk about them more aligned with business processes. Um, can you so so we were we're talking about use cases and in listening to you, I feel like there's a use case for almost every business application but it requires someone sitting down and 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 doing that problem solving work. Yes, um you know actually um you know that's a big challenge with uh, most data scientists, right? Um essentially we are solving business problems or let's just say we're solving problems, right? 
And then the algorithms are coming in to enhance or to create efficiency or, um, you know, to accelerate or to extract some more information so that you can help uh, make more decisions, right? So the use cases uh, come from business problems that, you know, companies are experiencing or even as guys as uh, customers that are experiencing, right? In the case of like, let's say Uber, right? Um, I want to be able to um, go into the Uber app and and request my Uber, um, you know, and the Uber be able to come in here within like maybe five, 10 minutes, right? And so that's, you know, my use case, right? I want Uber wants to serve the customers in the most fast, efficient way, right? And how do they do that, right? Um, they got to look at location data, you know, they got to look at, um, you know, the traffic around here so that they're able to, once I click, um, you know, I need that Uber, you know, there's an algorithm that goes in there and, and you know, searches, you know, it, it's almost like a search algorithms and then, um, it recommends an Uber driver, and then it also now, now taps the people who are within a certain location, right? And so it starts with, you know, mostly businesses want to serve their customers better, and of course, impact profit, right? And to do that is either, you know, you you give the customer what you want, but also make sure your operations are more efficient, right? And you can use algorithms to do that. But you need the data. I think that's the most interesting thing. You know, it's true, but the way you put it was really, was really good. Um, yeah, a couple of times you said uh, to be the single source of truth of the data, the data to be a single source of truth. And just from working in non-algorithmic <laughs> um, situations where you have data, even just people fighting over where the data should come from and which data is right, there's a lot of political maneuvering around that, let alone... Um, making sure the data has been clean, but it hasn't been scrubbed, if that makes sense. So what's yeah. your methodology for kind of attacking, especially the politics? Because I can see how like you're just wanting to help everybody out and write the algorithm and make it, you know, use all this machine power you have at your, 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 your available to you to solve the problem. If you could just get the data, you could get working on that but people are fighting did that ever happen like was there like a lot of political around getting the data yeah to i mean and it's it's i think it's everywhere right yeah. um going to my colleagues and peers in the industry um I, I think one of the things that companies have to do very early is um decide about the ownership of the data like who owns the data right um and and to me my my opinion is always whoever um, generates the data owns the data, right? So they have the responsibility of making sure um, that uh, the data is clean, the data is coming into into the systems or the tools the way it's supposed to to do. Um, And and I think most companies, um, the companies that have got it right, um, they have data stewards or data champions within the business that um, allow allow uh, that aspect of it to to come in uh, and you, you have to think about it like even when you you about like your personal data right you own your personal data because um when you go to facebook and you know you're you're logging in and all that stuff facebook has to ask you about the privacy and you have to check right mm-hmm. <laughs> give them the permission 
you know, to use your data, right? Uh, you know, your text, right? Those are, that's your data. So you're the generator of the data, right? Um, and, and so I, I, I look at it from, my, you know, just my personal perspective, business side is, you know, whoever generates the data owns the data, right? And they have the responsibility to, um, you know, make sure um, <clears throat> that, um, you know, it's it's clean it's it, it's well it's well enough to be used uh you know because data scientists are consumers of data right uh you know businesses um you know consumers of data but also generators of data right and you know and, and so um you know i think defining that very early and and understanding who owns that um instead of just going straight into the algorithms and 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 because they are the shiny little thing <laughs> you know i think um it's much more it, it removes that re, um political aspect of it because now you remove that aspect of like i own the data oh you know we are holding this data and we need to hold it until kingdom come or something <laughs> <laughs> but i exactly. think yeah, I think that uh, that that's my my take on that. You mentioned that the companies that are doing it right have a data steward, have data stewards. So, and data stewards, and and you also said another thing. You said that that hit me in the brain was data scientists are consumers of data. I think most people in the business see data scientists not as the consumers of the data, but kind of like the arbiters of all things data. But what I hear you saying is that's not really how it should be. There should be someone in the business at every data entry point who's responsible for the cleanliness, the security, the um, the access to those data sets, and, and they should be then made available to data scientists. Is that, am I, am I hearing you properly? Yes. Yeah. So, so it usually, you know, the responsibility, um, you know, of a data steward, you know, they're ensuring that quality, the integrity and the proper use of that data. Right. And so for data scientists, we come in and say, Hey, uh, you know, you, the business, what's your problem? Right. I want to understand, um, you know, my customers better. Right. Um, then I have to ask, okay, so how do you go about understanding your customer better, right? And so they have data and KPIs and things like that that they already use to start understanding that, right? So then, you know, their system and tools that they use to generate that data, to generate these KPIs to support, you know, their customer base or whatever it is, right? And then so... When when you when you start asking those questions, then it goes back to the data, right? But if there's no person that really um, you know making sure that, then that job can be um, projected to the data scientists, right? And so, and because I think this field has been so new, uh, and so data scientists sometimes end up doing, you know, a whole end-to-end, right? Your data steward, your data engineer, you know, and then uh, your data um, scientist. And, you know, I think that's what happened to me when I came in at Dell because then um, I, um, you know, 
I want to get to the data to do my, to build my algorithms, right? And to do that, I have to have the data clean. So then I have to play the role of the data engineer, right? Because now I have to clean the data, make sure it's okay. And then, but then I have to figure out where does the data uh, that's coming in from the, the the systems and the tools get stored in, right? Um, you know, and how does it get stored in? Then, then that way, you, now you become a data steward as well, right? So, so, so I think that people, data scientists who have like maybe ten years of experience and and, and plus, have had to go through that the whole end to end cycle of being a data steward, a data engineer, a data scientist in a way that you can, you know, you you just have to make sure because if I have to consume the data, then I have, it has to be clean, right? What do I do not have a data engineer or my company doesn't even have uh, understanding that they need a data engineer. So you have to play that role, um, you know, but I think now companies are starting to catch up on, on, on those different roles. It seems like that would be a lot of I keep saying political, but it is. I mean, data is political. <laughs> so it just seems like that would be a very political place to be too. So you would have, to, this is, I'm imagining, so this is a question, but it's going to take me a long time to ask it. So, <laughs> so I'm imagining, you know, if you're doing all of these jobs that you're getting closer to, um, you'd have to get closer to the business to understand mm-hmm. the proper way to clean it, you know, to understand the way they're, to understand the way to steward it properly. So when you come back to your role as a data scientist to actually extract meaning from the data, do you find that you've been kind of tainted is the wrong word, but kind of influent you you have more influence from the business than you would have if they would have taken care of those two bits of information? Does that make sense? Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think you also, uh, as a data scientist to also understand, you know, the business and, and, and be able to collaborate, uh, you know, better, you know, but I also think it robs maybe the business, um, you know, to accelerate faster, right? Yeah. It, 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 because now you as a data scientist, you can help the business accelerate faster in this AI space, but then you're, you could challenge most uh most of them face is you could be getting stuck in just let's just figure out about this data because mm-hmm. um you know most data scientists uh you know their goal is to build uh you know systems that are very <clears throat> that are more um you can trust it right because if you don't trust the data then you won't trust you know the algorithms that you you know the the outcome. Let me say right exactly. because it's the input. Um, you know, and the algorithm just does it magic, and you get the output. So if you don't trust the input, you know, so sometimes it can be difficult to trust the output. That makes a lot of sense. You said earlier, uh, and I'm I'm dovetailing off of trust the output. You said earlier that eighty percent of algorithms fail. Um. Why is it? Is it because of the data? Is it because the business doesn't know what they want? Yeah. So, so I think a lot of reports have reported this, um, and, and I think it's a combination, right? Uh, I, you know, I haven't looked at the latest reports on uh, on this, uh, <clears throat> you know, but I think it's 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 been a combination of you know a, a few things. Uh, first is, you know, lack of well-defined uh, use cases, right? Um, you know, 
And then the second thing is a lot of change management, right? Um, I think most, um, you know, most companies have not had the, you know, the, the, the chance to upskill or educate their workforce, right? And so it becomes like a push and pull where, um, you know, where people are quite uh, scared about um, their jobs. Like, is this AI going to take my, my job? And you are the person responsible for building this AI so I can make it as yeah. difficult <laughs> as, as, as possible to, um, you know, <laughs> to get the data or become political, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think part of it is, um, you know, those kind of combinations. And, and of course, education, right? Um, I think it's a small population, even though, like, you know, probably I know a lot of data scientists in my network, right? But a lot of people don't know that, right? Um, and, and so I can be around data scientists and make an assumption that people know this stuff, Right. But a lot of people don't know. That's why I think it's exciting to see now it coming to the mainstream. But also, um, you know, you know, and I think in a leadership at every company has to make a, a an intentional effort, right, to to help with this, um, you know, data science and and an AI world, you know. But but I think you know that the next. The next two to three years, um, you know, I, I think are quite exciting to see how uh, now these large language models are going to, um, you know, they are going to evolve, right? Um, I, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jeffrey Hinton. I think the other day he um, he, he was working for, for Google, I think. Um, and and he's, he's one of the godfathers, they call him godfathers of AI, and, you know, he's taken a sit back and said, whoa, you know, we need to, to take a sit back and think how this AI is going to have a lot of impact, right, um, in, in, in the way we are doing things. Um, you know, so, 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 and I think he's the same person that, you know, created neural networks and things like that. So when he spoke then, we listened. And now when he's speaking now about, the cautionary aspect of it, I think we also need to take a sit back and listen. What do you think about the cautionary? We've talked about the cautionary aspect a couple of times. Um, what are your What are your thoughts around that? This this whole concept that you know AI is going to take over the world and take over humanity. Um, do you? I, we feel like that's that's fud. You know, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And do you? How, as a data scientist, what's your what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, of course, there's. Um, I, I think there's that fear of you know how far can we go with machines, right? How far can we? Because essentially, we um, you know like ChatGPT, you know, can be my assistant, right? Now I don't have to you know think about um, you know maybe hiring a. a an assistant, if you know, if I wanted to, right, I could just be like, okay, act as my assistant, and I'm asking all these questions. Um, you know, so I think that fear is like any other new technology. I think like the internet came in is is warranted, you know. But I also think, um, you know, there's 
regulation and policies and uh, things of that nature that we need to to also think about. Um, you know, I think uh, one of the the the, the political uh, people, <laughs> I think he's a senator or something. I, I need to find that. Um, he was talking about having to have a license, like a license for AI practitioners or something like that, right? And so, and I think it's it, it goes back to the change management, right? There's a huge gap between um, whoever is making policies, do they understand, um, you know, the impact of it and the people who are really making, you know, building the systems with this AI, right? I think there's a huge um, gap, not only in understanding, but also in education, right? So, so I think we need to make policy much more attractive, like the way we've made AI and tech, <laughs> right? Because I think technology is always moving faster than, um, you know, you know than, than, than policy, I think that's a very interesting idea and we need to wrap up here in a second, but on that same line, and especially because you've worked at big businesses already and you can see where the gaps are, um, what would you recommend to business leaders, you know, because honestly, there's so much value in, in the data. Your face kind of lights up when you talk about extracting that data and figuring it all out. So it's obviously your passion. (laughs) <laughs> so, but it's also um, from a business point of view, if you can get that data insight, that's everything. So what would you say to business leaders to make their AI um, plans and goals more successful? What are what are maybe like the top three things you would tell them you need to put maybe like advice for what to put in place or for what not to do, but what to be aware of? What are some of the things you wish the business leaders knew so that they could get faster to the algorithms and building those? So, so I think every business leader needs to have an AI strategy that complements their, their, their business strategy, um, you know, however that would look like, right? Uh, when you're in those strategic meetings and, um, you know, I think that AI strategy or, you know, part of it should be your top number one, Right. And that AI strategy should be um, have elements of, you know, your data strategy and your data governance and and things around that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think the second thing is, um, you know, change management. I think um, they have to also be intentional about change management, right? Because, um, you know, there's a big gap between 10 years because this technology really um, let's say maybe within the last five years, it's when right it started picking up in the business uh, world, right? So there's a big gap between you know education and um, upskilling and stuff. So so I think there has to also be intentional in change management, right? And then I think the third one would be you know the people. I'm very big on people, um, you know, upskilling the people. And making sure that, um, you know, not every single shiny object is, you know, good for your business, right? Um, you know, I always say you can solve a problem with a, a, a very simple algorithms, right, um, than the complex ones, right? Because then there's a balance, right? Yeah. If you can go for simplicity, do simplicity, right? Um, you know, don't push your data scientists to go for complexity because, 
um, it can be a little bit, um, you know, challenging and of course expensive because then you need more computational power. <laughs> Backfire on you too, probably, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks so much, um, Jean Leah, for coming and talking to us because uh, this kind of went a different direction than I even thought it would go. But it was a great conversation. Um, a lot of one-on-one information on kind of the the tool chaining of getting from a big data lake to the algorithm. Lots of things to think about. Yes, yeah. So, um, you know, very interesting. And I think, um, you know, in the next two to three years, we are going to see quite a lot of changes. And, and I feel like nobody knows how it's going to be. And, and maybe that's also the scary part, but the exciting and challenging part as well, depending on what side of coin you are. I think those emotions <laughs> are so tied to each other. We're just yeah. filling them all yeah. at about yeah. this whole topic. Well, thanks yeah. again for joining us. Thank you, Jean Leah. No worries, no worries. So thank you for having me. So everyone, Dr. Jean Leah Jaraje, and you can find her on LinkedIn um, if you'd like to, if you'd like to reach out and connect. And um, again, thank you for, for joining us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I loved it. We appreciate (laughs) you too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Tech Aunties podcast. If you have a topic you would like us to cover, please connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram. You can also find this episode and others at techaunties.com. Until next time, y'all be sweet. <laughs>